Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bench Units podcast, coming to you live from the floor of my apartment. Uh, I'm James McSorley and I'm joined as always, as nearly always, by Mark Schofield. Mark, how's it going? It's good, man. I'm glad glad we were on the same lines there, because when you said, could you intro this one, I was like, ah, you've stolen my thing, Mark's going to be like, I'm joining me from his stomach on the floor of his apartment, is James McSorley. Yeah, so anyone who doesn't know I wasn't at Champions Cup already who has ever been around disabled people or disability sport or wheelchair users now has a rough idea of why I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about some Champions Cup stuff, some Euro Cup 1 stuff. And seeing as it is kind of the season of awards shows, the Grammys were last night, the Oscars are in about a month, uh, we thought we'd give out some stupid awards. Um, this is kind of ringer.com coded at the best of times for anyone who follows that. There's, they love to give out stupid gimmicky awards that reference other sort of pop culture stuff. And yeah, we're going to use that as a prism to talk about the games because I don't think we could go, okay, game one on Friday. Uh, yeah, game two was, on Friday because we would be there for a very long time. And I was had to watch. games played, I think. Was the 48? Number 48 games across, oh. um, across five rounds. Across so, Champions Cup, Euro Cup 2, and the Champions Cup, Euro League 3 group. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. We're in already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing my own thunder. So, Mark, you came up with the idea for this. So, do you want to... Have I, like, been out of basketball for a week and I've just become bitter? No, I've always been bitter. Um, but, yeah, I thought it took I thought it took longer than that to, like, stop playing and become bitter. But, um yeah, right. Do you want to give us a rough idea of what your what your idea for this was? Yeah, so um, you and me have both spent an inordinate amount of time um, at Euro Cup competitions over the years. And one of the things that we, I think, happens, this is kind of in a self-deprecating joke at, at ourselves because we're exactly the kind of people who would annoy thing, annoy people with these kind of things, but... You end up between your games. You sit courtside of the other games going on. You scout the um, scout the competition or or not, as one of these awards might allude to. But um, yeah, you get a lot of it. Becomes so much time to kill and so much basketball to take in. It's a real time for the um, the lukewarm take Smith, and you get such gems trotted out as you know. Oh, how come the coach doesn't play this guy? It's like, well, do you know what points he is? No, I'm not sure actually. Well, you know, hey, this guy. Like, played. why does this guy not play? Because it's over points. All right, yeah. cool. Like, um, well, this yeah, guy's thought of this. I promise this, you. This guy, I don't. I wonder why they're using him like this. He plays a really different role when he's with the Lithuanian national team or other such tiresome feedback like that. And essentially, given that we are um, not only the prime lapping it up audience for this kind of thing, but probably the prime perpetrators, I thought it would be best for us to lean all the way in. And quite honestly, as you've said, it gives us reason to talk about the storylines coming out of this weekend that we really actually want to talk about rather than not talk about the stuff that we don't want to talk about Um, while not being takey. I'd like, I don't, I don't want this to turn into like hot take stuff because that's never been what we do and it's never going to be what we do, but like just fun, just little fun framing devices for like stuff. We actually think about what's going on. Yeah. So we, we haven't, to let people know, we haven't fully just like leaned into ridiculous takes, but we have found like a, a cliched phrasing of you know things that we actually think are important. And 
Yeah, we're going to dub this the inaugural courtside cliche awards, I think. Um, All right. So just off the top of your head, that's 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 quite good. Before we before we get started, we'll do like the information dump of what actually did happen, because some of this stuff is, you know, obviously way more interesting to talk about in depth than the other, but you do need to know where things stand and how we got there for any of this to be relevant. Otherwise, it's just two idiots talking nonsense, which it probably will be in about five minutes time. So do we want to run through kind of how things shook out and we'll just go group by group and what it means for the upcoming rounds? All right. Uh, so Champions Cup Group A, I will lead us off with on a kind of in involving my team. Unfortunately, I couldn't be with us. I couldn't be with them, but... Um, that ended up Galatasaray, um, one, Bilbao, two, um, was it like, yeah, like an A3, uh, Cologne. Cologne three, like an A4, oh my God, wow, yeah. Start. I started it off, started, started us off poorly, um, you, this was worried. me just trying to leapfrog us into my first award for the whole weekend that goes to the... 1992 Team USA Dream Team Scrimmage Award for the best game never to be seen again, going to Galatasaray versus Bilbao, which was 198 or something stupid. And yeah. 101.98, um, double overtime. Uh, I watched it all live, obviously. One, my team, two. I'm stuck in the apartment. Um, and I was sweating the whole time. Uh, there's some, like, actual analysis in there about the fact that I think between the last two minutes of fourth quarter, last two minutes of the first overtime and the last two minutes of the second overtime, I think we probably had seven turnovers. But yeah, um, that was one of the best games of wheelchair basketball I will ever see. And it's just not there anymore. And there was a lot of guys that obviously were playing games at the time that will just never see it. Um, Hopefully, I don't know if the IWBF have any links to the people who were in control of putting it on live Turkish TV. But I wonder, is there any sort of rights that they have reserved to maybe get, maybe get a look at it. But I would say, I would say if anyone has a good enough contact within the Galatasaray team themselves, they will probably have hold of it at some point. I don't imagine they will um, be completely bereft of that video. But yeah, so so for this game, for people who didn't know, um, half the games hosted in Istanbul were put on YouTube and half of them were on a Turkish TV channel's website, um, like a sports channel. Which but, leads me to my second trophy. <laughs> right, let's rattle through the groups first and then we'll come back with the trophies <laughs> because otherwise we'll be here all day. All right, um, all right. So yeah, to sum up that group, Galatasaray and Bilbao are both going through to the Champions Cup quarterfinals. Cologne sneaking in to Euro Cup 1 finals and the Cane who finished last in the group are still going to Euro Cup 2 by virtue of the fact there was no fifth team in this group because the Israeli club who were meant to be joining in um, dropped out for various reasons which are for another podcast. Um, should we jump to Group B? Uh, yes, let's. Yeah. Alright, so Group B which was absolutely nuts Um that ended up, if I am not mistaken, which I was the last time, so God knows, that group ended up Landil, number one, Santa Stefano, two, 
uh, Grand Canaria three, Cantu four, and yeah. Mo coming in last. Um, <laughs> which was wild. Um, I have a couple. Of, I've got a couple of couple of trophies for for this one, but uh, we'll go through them first. We'll um, oh, the all star teams for all of these groups are. They're all on the IWF Instagram. We were speaking um, about this beforehand. That must be recent, but I've, I've not um, not done it. I think that last year when we did the IWF, got them up like in almost real time. So I, I had a check and then I stopped checking back because I assumed it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, this was yesterday evening. So um, yeah, 19 yeah. hours ago. The um, um, the shake will I go, will I, Sorry, will I go back to the all-star team for the first group while we've got them here or not? Nah? Yeah, yeah, do it. Let's do it. All right, so that first group, the all-star team was Ennis Bullet, uh, Patrick Anderson, Mariana Perez, uh, Machek, Andrea Machek, and Julio Maria Papi. I forgot the bullet was in there, and for a minute I was like, were there any Were there any of the winning team in the all-star team? Us having three welcoming second is a bit of a, like, I think it's like a Galatasaray depth cancelled each other, like cancelled everyone out. Like there's probably like Jem and Sayari both got the same amount of votes, but like that many votes would have got them in over one of our fours, but didn't. There was probably something like that, but yeah. Okay, all stars for Group B. Uh, the list for Group B, uh, if I could scroll the correct way, was Anne Patsfold, uh, Fabio Raimondi. Jorge Salazar, Mendel up the north, and Matthias Guntner, which uh, there's a trend emerging that the all-star teams are female one and four bigs, which is kind of what most teams are running most of the time now, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't Fabio mind, in there. I, can't, I kind of assumed the um, two-point category was doomed when they started doing this. Um, like most of the iterations of these teams we're seeing are like female low two fours or four fives and two threes or three fives. So shout out to Fabio. Yeah, I read it. Also, is that like do we have do we have teams under points? That's weird. Um <laughs> it's better than being over points, but um yeah. All right. Shall we So that obviously means um Santa Stefano and Landil make it through. Um, Grand Canary go to your League One and Cantu go to your League Two. I do, which is Mo, wild. Mo head home, yes, because oh man, Group C standings Elunion first place, surprise, with, surprise, with a total point differential of plus 219. GST <laughs> second place with a total point differential of plus one. <laughs> uh, to be fair, if you take a union out of this group, it makes a really, really interesting EuroLeague two group. Playing it fast and loose with the word interesting, I think even is probably what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're probably right. Bola Torres, uh second place. Uh, Cola Plastic Bulls number three, and then Lanyon in fourth, and Hamburg in fifth. Uh, do you want to do all stars, and then we'll do standings. Sorry, um, finals. Okay, so Group C, the all-star team was Saman Balagi from Hamburg. Hamburg. Uh, Greg Warburton, who probably had the all-star, like, probably had the name etched into the trophy before the tournament started, um, because that's what that's what happens. Um, like that sounds like I mean, deservedly so. Like he should just be the two-point all-star at every tournament he goes to until he retires. 
Um, if I was Greg, I would take a can of spray paint with me to every tournament so I could graffiti my name onto an All-Stars um, award like before the thing started. Imagine if, like, they just started doing it. That, like, every tournament, they, like, no matter what the trophies looked like, the two point all star team trophy was just like a trophy of Greg, like <laughs> the little Greg figurine. Um, uh, Mehmet, uh, Ayurli, um, Bincho Ortega, and Piatlachinski to round out that all star five. It was a pretty good team. <laughs> We're gonna get to Piat in one of my awards in a minute, but um. Yeah, Elunion through to um, Champs Cup quarterfinals. Porta Torres through to Champs Cup quarterfinals. Sneaking on for the second straight year after they made it last year and Katie Danilo came on this podcast and was like, hey, it was borderline hilarious. We made that. Um, but that so- was because they, they made it into the weaker of the three groups last year as well. They were in that Grand Canaria group that was Grand Canaria, them, Hamburg. Someone on someone. Ramat Gan, I think it was. Yeah, Elon Ramat yeah. All I'll say is whatever dirt they've got on the group selectors at the <laughs> IWF, leverage that for the rest of time because it's working out great for you. They, um, they they know that a lottery ball has had uh, <laughs> like some personal issues that they're aware of. Like there's a lottery ball that they've got some drama with. Um, setting balls going to Eurocup 1, uh, Lanyon going to Eurocup 2, Hamburg going nowhere fast. And yeah, that was Champs Cup um, groups. So at present, the plan is for the quarterfinal groups to list as hosted in Albacete. We're going to have Amiab, Landil, Porto Torres, Bilbao. And yeah, see you there. Hosted in Thuringen, we're going to have the Bulls, Santo Stefano, Ilunion, and Galatasaray. Good luck to all involved, especially Porto Torres. Um, yeah, that is. So we were the. I said Galatasaray were the last two teams to come out in the draw. So at that at that point, the groups were Turingen, Santa Stefano, Illunion, or Amiab, Landil, Portatorius. And I was like, I genuinely don't know which group I'd rather be. And obviously, like, if you want to come third, I'd rather have played Portatorius than Santa Stefano, for example. But, like, would you rather try and nick a game off Turingen or Illunion or Albacete or Landil? Like, that was why I was looking at it, and that is a nightmare. Although, it's, at that point, hey, you want to be one of the top four teams in Europe. Oh, no, you have to beat someone good. <laughs> who'd, have, who'd have known? Yeah. Why Why isn't there an easy um, back alley into this kind of thing? Um, right, we'll do Euro Cup 1. So, Group A, which only had four teams as well. Uh, final standings, Ryan River Rhinos, Wiesbaden, first place, Hiers, second place, Izmir, third place, and London Titans, fourth place. Hell yeah. Um, what do you mean, hell yeah? It gave me great pleasure. Um, Nearly did it, man. Good luck at the end, unlucky. Yeah, but... yeah they and they'd beaten them earlier that day, which we'll get to, because that was super weird. Um, yeah, shall... do we have all-stars for these, or do we just truck on into... Uh, where are we going? Um, no, go for it. I've lost them if you have them in front of you. but uh, I've not got All-Stars, but we will go. So this means Wiesbaden are going to EuroCup 1 finals. Here is going to EuroCup 2 finals. Izmir going to EuroCup 3 finals. London going nowhere. And then... Oh, wait, so I've got the All-Star team, sorry. Jim Palmer, Jerome Durant, uh, Beth Wheeler, Aaron Young, and Mahmoud Atsikos. 
um, from Izmir. Um, most female players in any of these All Stars. Yeah, I think. So. I think. Although I, there might have been like one in nearly every, yeah. apart from the other yearly group. I think there was one across the board. No, I think it's been uh, it's been pretty consistent. But um... wait, no, there wasn't in the um, Ill Union group. Sorry. Oh, you're right. You're right. My uh, bad. We'll go to Group B. So, topped by Fenerbahce uh, in first place, Hanover United in second place, Steelers in third place, Pilatus Dragons in fourth place, and Manchester Revolution in fifth place. Do you uh, want to do all stars, please? Yep. Um, Abs, Tagrest, uh, Jan Haller, Urtoprak, uh, Marty Edwards, and Ahmed Efriturk, which yep. seems sort of semi representative. No. No um, Pilatus Dragons, but yeah. yeah I thought, thought that was a little bit weird. <laughs> they can't, you can't make the same depth argument for them that you can for Galatasaray. No. But this means Fenerbahce going to Europe Cup 1 finals, Hanover to Europe Cup 2 finals, um, Steelers to Europe Cup 3, and then the other two teams headed home. Um, sneaky Fenerbahce storyline. They won Europe Cup 3 finals the last year before um, COVID slimmed the operate well first of all took the operation away and then slimmed it right down um in kind of the initial return phases so last year they won euro cup two and i would say they're probably the favorites to win euro cup one currently depending on who falls out of the champs cup quarterfinals i would say it's whoever drops down and then them but that is going to be unbelievable say, man, if, you, if you think you if you think you guys have even half a chance to drop down a level uh, i think um You'll be less than thrilled at the sight of Fenerbahce. When you that is going to be that is going to be nuts. Like if you look at who's in there now already, that's okay. completely insane. I see your point. Um, and yeah, uh, if that, I mean, if they were to win it, they would have won essentially all the way up the Euro Cup in three straight years, and then have vaulted themselves into the Champs Cup. Um, There's is currently Cologne, Rhine River Rhinos, Fenerbahce, Ikoni, Sitting Bulls. And then the two teams that come third in the quarterfinals. Like that is And whoever's hosting that, I think that was at Gillian. Yeah, Gillianova, yeah. Um yeah. So like that's that, nuts already, man. That's gonna be a tough group, and that is only gonna get tougher as probably the two favorites are gonna, <laughs> gonna drop into it. Um but yeah, wild times. And this was a great group. Um we'll have some material on this in a little bit, but Without further ado, would you like to kick us off with your first courtside cliche? Uh, I've already done one, and you have more than me. So, do you want to do you want to drop okay. one in? Okay, so we will start with a classic, and this is a staple of viewing basketball. You don't typically watch any given point, and this is the Oh Yeah That Guy Award, which I would like to give to Jared Arambula, who. Borderline inexplicably after he signed for here over the summer is now <laughs> and then left under no real elaboration from himself or the club is now inexplicably the player coach of Pilatus Dragons of the Swiss League. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you clarify for me where the Pilatus Dragons play? Because I was like, I don't think it's Austria, but no, um... it's, it's somewhere it's in Switzerland. Um, I'm not sure where. My Swiss geography is not great. As far as I'm aware, they're the only team from Switzerland, or certainly the only one I've ever heard of, and they're the majority of the Swiss national team in there. So I would assume it's not a um, a hugely stacked league. Although, like, I don't know if the fact that 
it's it's quite an affluent country. I don't know if that is reflected in the wheelchair basketball scene, but that might be a great move. Like go over there, yeah, yeah, coach yeah. the only good team in a place that has a lot of money. And then if you're coaching most of the national team anyway, how, how like how long is it until you end up just coaching their national team? Wow, that's a that's a very fair point. Uh, I don't have a huge amount of material on Pilatus Dragons because they didn't qualify for finals and they only scored the one win in their group. But Jared Aramvilla being there as player and coach was one of the all time strange. I think I only realized when I pulled the stats up to see the result of a game that had been going on while I'd been watching the game. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, it was, it was very like, I wonder where that guy went. Cause like he's a very good basketball player, like started for a USA team at a world championships was good in Grand Canaria. Like, one of those guys that you're like, oh, the the oh, this team could use a guy like that is one of those things, like one of those cliches that I don't have written down, but like that's a that's a real thing where you're like, he's playing for one of those teams. There's probably like four other teams that you saw play this weekend that you're like, oh, like an inside out two five, like great hands, quick, like oh yeah. <laughs> I tell you, tell you who could have used him is yes, ironically. Yeah, strangely. <laughs> right, I don't have a great deal more on that. I just needed to point that out because it was super weird and unorthodox. Have you got your next one? Uh, yes. Um, so the um, the Space Jam scoreboard kind of one sided, isn't it? Award goes to Alunion for a plus minus of was it one hundred and ninety five? You said uh, two hundred and nineteen. It was across two hundred nineteen. Um, and they can also have the you can only beat what's in front of you. It's not their fault. They ended up in a really easy group. I'd say it's easy, like it's international basketball, but it's just it's just funny. <laughs> like I didn't watch a second of that group until like this morning. Um, I've swatted up on it a little bit, but yeah, man, they 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 had a they had a nice time. Um, I think I saw was it. Did I hear that they were only going to run like seven guys in each game just so that everyone got real quality minutes? Um, but... Well, I don't know if you heard that, but I didn't hear that. Uh, uh, I, I think I, I, th I thought I saw that somewhere, but I, I'm not sure. But anyway, also, they, they get two awards at the same time because one of them is the EuroLeague Two Group Winners Award for Alenian winning Champions Cup Group C. Um yeah, no, that's probably. I'm joking. That's probably Euroleague. Like most of those other teams are probably like Euroleague one standard. Um, but... none, none of those teams would have made it to a finals in Euroleague one, other than maybe Sitting Bulls, who are okay. Uh, I think they're probably. Porto Torres getting... might have given like Porto. Where did Porto Torres come in the Hanover group? Fourth, third, third, maybe depending. Yeah, what? It's tough. Um, this is another thing that I, I didn't have a specific award down for this, but this is genuinely one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is being like, hey, if we arbitrarily compare these two teams, how would this team have done in this team's group? Like, they end up making these ridiculous um, projections. Like, what one thing I wondered to myself is like, and they were throwing games away left, right, and center. I was like, would Hiers have done better in the Champions Cup <laughs> than they did? No. Um, probably not. Um, nah. Probably not, but um, you end There's up three teams that will just push them off the floor. Well, two teams that will push them off the floor and Cologne. Um, you end up like because everyone, every team is essentially like thrown into a context you don't really recognize them in. You end up trying to stabilize your like vision or your understanding of them by like reaching for a comparison of them that you have seen before. So you like draw them back to their other teams from their domestic leagues and whatever, and it just it is 
it feels informative at the time and it just isn't <laughs> yeah it, you gain nothing from doing it um no it's it's on, fun to do though like yeah oh yeah it is. Um, although three-way ties in any group will just completely take you out of the so if this team beat that team and that team beat that team that means team b will be better than two. nope it doesn't no. always work like that styles make fights like um we're I'm gonna this is gonna be probably I only have two takes relating to this aluminium group that we're um mocking currently, so I'm gonna get this one out of the way now. And it is I was trying to think of a wait, flash. Wait, I, I feel like I, I wanna sort of try and be sound about like everything involved, like we're not having a go at any of the teams or any nah. of the players. Certainly not Alunion for having to just beat the teams in front of them, but it's just compared to some of the other groups. It's like what are we doing here? Absolutely. Um so this is, I was trying to think of a flashy name to give this one. Uh, I couldn't land on anything, so I'm just going to call it exactly what it is. And it's this is exactly the same team as last time award, and that one goes to Sitting Bulls, because I went to my first Euro Cup round in 2011, and it is the same <laughs> starting five that they had in 2011. The um, copy and paste award. <laughs> it's unreal, man. They, every year they hope they host because i think they have some ownership of that venue and they get like it's incredibly cheap for them to host it uh compared to traveling and they host every year they have done so for so long that they've accrued enough legacy points with iwbf that they're now in the champions cup uh level of the tournament despite not really being the quality of team that should be in there i would argue and I think um, every time you end up in a group like this and you get more points, it's yeah. you just you're sticking around, you know. Um, yeah, they roll out the same guys, none of whom are really from any reputable basketball countries. They've got a couple of Czech guys, um, some Austrians think that Mehmet Hayali is of Turkish origin, but an Austrian citizen and other such. Now it's just a really you see these teams as you get like more into Eastern Europe. We saw it with like Nevsky when they came to that round. We hosted that time. And these teams basically. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> they basically work on the idea that they can pick the best player from each neighboring country that doesn't have a strong domestic league and be like, hey, we'll just put like an Eastern Eastern European All Star five together and we'll just get roll out against these club teams and see what Eastern happens. Block All Stars is yeah. <laughs> a great idea. That's exactly what it is. And yeah, shouts to St. Bulls, man, because. Um, Never have I been to a place bordering such a sublime city in Vienna, which you spend a few days there and you are thoroughly, thoroughly ready to get out of that venue by the time you're done there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a they, lovely place. Yeah, you. Um, they make it work for them, man. And they've got this weird mishmash of a team, but it's been a weird mishmash of a team for so long. They probably have better chemistry than a lot of these teams are going on against. But um We'll see what they're made of when they get to Euroleague One, and it's probably a fairer assessment of their um of their level of play. But yeah, shout out to them for never feeling the need to bring in anybody new. Yes. All right. Uh, do you want to go for another one? Because as we've said, you have more than I do. I think. Yeah. Okay. So this is the they are taking home gold from that finals award for the team that fell victim to the most stacked up group. And that award goes to Cantu, who in Steve Serio's last hurrah season will you be... You say this, you have no... Like, we Do we have anything that says that he's done after this? Like, I... I don't, but the fact that him and Pat have been at New York for so long together and both decided to head over to Europe 
for you know the season preempting their ex whatever number Paralympic I think it'd be Steve's fifth Paralympics this time. Um, this reeks to me of a guy giving it a good a good final run. I, I wonder. Um, I don't. Sorry, I'm just you saying them both leaving. I wonder if one of them decided they were going to Europe and then the other one was like, well, then who the hell am I going to train with? So they I, had to go to Europe. I'm like, sure I would that... wonder if like when Pat went to Galatasaray, like during a COVID season, I know the COVID restrictions in New York were quite severe. I wonder if he just couldn't get a basketball net. Like I'd wonder if he just couldn't get a half court anywhere. So he was like, I have to go to Turkey to get court time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'll ask him, but that was probably it. Um, so yeah, in what I'm presuming to be Steve Serio's last hurrah that I may ultimately be wrong on, um, Cantu are going to enter the Euro Cup 2 finals as the uh, presumptively the extremely heavy favourites. But I would imagine so. I, think, I don't know uh, who's dropping down there if not. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be them. He has uh, Le Canet probably, and then. Let's see. Um, Lanyard, to be fair, considering the trouble that Santa Stefano give give them, like an a Cantu might actually be fun. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have Hanover as well, which might be interesting. But um, oh hell yeah! Wow, that is so stacked. I'm so sorry. Like I made fun of, <laughs> I, I used Euroleague two as a way to make fun of the Union Group. I take it back. Um, so yeah, Cantu, not at the level they hoped for. I think we expected them to squeak through that the uh champs cup quarterfinals despite the strong group i'm sure i didn't all... expect them to squeak through actually i think that's well, probably unfair of what i said about the other teams that ended up doing better than them like fair play to both santa stefano and gran canaria i thought landale and Cantu would walk it apart from playing each other yeah no you're, you're right there. um and yeah i'm sure this isn't where they wanted to be but at least um it places them in position to be the favorites this time out for sure. I have two awards to do with this group. Go on. Let's have it. <laughs> uh, so one is more sort of procedural and one is basketball related. The more procedural one is the, oh, I have your awards up, not mine. The Spencer Long thinking about how they could, they never stopped to consider whether they should award to whoever was operating the cameras in the Cantu uh, Euroleague group because there were so many weird cuts and like the amount of times someone would take a shot and they would switch to the camera that is zoomed in on the hoop, but it would be at the wrong one at the other <laughs> end. Or like the amount of plays that I can't see because of replays or because of the sort of low down courtside camera angles. Like I watch it to understand what's going on and to see like weak side stuff and to watch five on five stuff. But there was like maybe... If you look at the average stream, because it's very bare bones and they have one camera, you can see all 10 players 95% of the time. And I feel like we were down at about 60% with this stream because of production value increasing, which is such an old man yells at cloud gripe. But like, I, I would have preferred some more zoomed out. Like, do you know when you play... When you like get on to play like NBA 2K or anyone who plays FIFA or whatever, and you're like, no, camera angle's not right. It feels off. feels off. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a little bit too much of like that. And I always find it's like novelty rather than actually good to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts or if that's only a me thing, but. Um, no, I think that is fair. Um, there's certainly some of those lower down courtside ones really do make it difficult when 
you're say the ball swings to the other side and you're just looking at a forest of chairs and wheels and it's like okay yeah. I can just see a couple of heads above like the general fray here and other than that I can't tell what's going on yeah. um although yeah. I will say they caught the in the Grand Canaria Cam Two game, they switched to one of those weird angles just as the ball got swung to Katie down and out on the wing, and as the camera changed, the shot was in the air. I was like, "Why in the hell did she shoot that?" Um, based on what I'd seen previously, it turned out it was because she got jumped over aggressively, had one dribble, and then just like launched the shot up as the foul had been called. But I, th- <laughs> I think the camera angle changing knocked out the sound for a split second, so I never heard the whistle. And it looked like she was just shooting out of defiance for the camera change, which I was like, if that's the reason to start shooting the ball, that's a great time for everybody. Um, I read that. Um, yeah, uh, not necessary. Uh, I think there's probably a world where it can be done properly. but Yeah, I think it's kind of the zoomed-in courtside, like, you see one guy's chair and how they push the chair and how they dribble the ball. It's very like, that's for people who haven't seen the game before. Like people who care about it. I want to see the whole thing. Like I want to see all five. Like, are you all right on that one? uh, I don't know. That's a very, like, that's a very old man yells at cloud thing for me to say. And yeah, the other award, I'm getting pretty close to having used up all my awards, I think, but I'll piggyback my my next one now because it's in a similar vein to the one I just did. So we had the they're going to smash that finals award goes to Cantu and we have they're going to withdraw on a technicality before the finals arrives award and that goes to Porto Torres who are headed for a quarterfinals date with Amiab, Landil and Bilbao. And yeah, I think they will pro- might size up the field and figure Piat's just got his way through dropping 30 points a game on some relatively mediocre competition and he's probably not going to do that um, and quite honestly the thought of putting him up against Amiab's press makes me shudder on his behalf so uh, yeah, can I we think- petition to have like a five minute stretch where it's just Piot and Fifi going back and forward <laughs> like and they've played together for so long and I just want to see them like make tough shots over each other like just have like a one-on-one, but instead of checking the ball on the three-point line, like check the ball on the elbow just to make it more interesting and like just go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Torres, I think take what you've done so far and call it a win. There is no reason to go to the quarterfinals and get thoroughly, thoroughly whacked three times. They showed up last year, man. Like they're going to show. They they also had slightly more guys last year. I think they literally have. I mean, they brought Manor in to be their other forward, and I think his scoring average was less than 10 points a game in this round, and it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, You're going to need more than, more than just Piot to play three games in three days against three of the best teams in Europe. I mean, last year was Katie Dandenau and stuff. Like, it was... Yeah. Well, yeah. no, Randy Dagerman, Matt Rolston, yeah. uh, like a, a close personal friend and hero of mine, but there's, like, there's one not thing, Champions Cup stuff. If there's one thing Matt won't do, it's get tired throughout three games in three days. Or if he even though he's 42 or whatever, if he does, you won't be able to tell. If he if he's young enough to know what a podcast is, he's going to be really annoyed that I told people how old he is. But <laughs> <laughs> right, um, we touched on it, so I'll check this one in now, and then that should buy us some cushion. But we got the shafted by the three way tie points differential award, which. My heart goes out to Akani Gran Canaria because the wildest stat of this entire weekend 
is if they so they beat San Stefano by three, they lost to Cantu by two, and San Stefano beat Cantu by eight. If you work out factor in everything from points difference to head to head, if points difference ties, if Gran Canaria had scored one more basket against San Stefano in what was already a win, they would have been going through to Champs Cup quarterfinals. Which is nuts because you only really start doing that stuff in the last game to figure out what you need. Like, you don't know that you're going to need more. That's like a real, I don't know, like that's like a real no one dribbles the ball out at the end of these games. So, yeah. um, So, San Stefano's plus uh, points difference was plus five in that three-way tie. Gran Canaria was plus one. Cantu was minus six. So if Gran Canaria had beaten San Stefano by five instead of three, they would have both been a plus three in points difference, and Gran Canaria would have then edged that on the head-to-head because they beat San Stefano as part of the three-way tie. Yeah, um, crazy. One basket short of going to the quarterfinals, and quite frankly, I thought of the three teams that tied for the two, three, four spots, I thought they were the better team. Um, yeah, I would agree. San Stefano obviously um, pulled out the big win over Cantu, and Cantu, that Cantu Gran Canaria game was like nothing I've ever seen. Man, it was 29 28 in the fourth quarter. Um, Gran Canaria didn't miss a shot for the first five minutes of the fourth quarter and was somehow still only up five. And then Badoon closed the game out as he has done for many, many years. But he, um, yeah, he edged them ahead, and Cantu took that one, and Gran Canaria, I mean, they're going to go to a hell of a competition anyway in the Euro Cup 1 finals, but I was the most gutted for them out of anybody I watched all weekend because I thought they really deserved it. Um, and yeah, San Stefano, I hope they put up a good fight, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're as well set up from a style of play standpoint to give any, to really give any of those teams in that group a hard time. Um but we shall see. We also thought San Stefano weren't going to be able to give Bilbao a hard time in the Euro Cup one finals last year, and then it was the hardest of times. <laughs> one quarter or whatever it was. Was it? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was wild, something like that. Yeah, um, that that was funny because that was just like a weekend of debating what the best way to handle the press was, in like a quarter in being like, "Yeah, we that, we we didn't figure it out. <laughs> like we we don't know." Hectic. We, um, we all had a different idea, and I don't know which one was right, but I don't think we got it. Like, um, yeah. So that that was my award for that one. And the three-way tie stuff is always an absolute mind melt as you try and get into the various eventualities. I ended up writing it out in bullet points in a Google Doc just to clarify it for myself. Because yeah, I, was... I remember asking you about it, and you went, "Hold on, I'll figure it out." And I went, "All right, cool, I won't." But like, <laughs> people were talking about what happens if this team and that team and whatever, and I went, "Yeah, but when Gran Canaria beats Santa Stefano and it throws a wrench into the whole thing, what are your thoughts?" But... The cases were wild, man. It was like the la- the game it came down to was Gran Canaria can too, and it was like if Gran Canaria win this game, they go to the quarterfinals for Champions Cup. If they lose this game by less than. 11 i think they finished third and it me that's when it goes um san stefano gran canaria can do if they win if they lose this game by 11 12 or 13 exactly then it puts them 
Um, it puts Cantu in the middle, and then if Cantu win it by more than 13, it vaults them over them into second place. And it's like, there's just too many edge cases, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like I was watching, I was watching the that last game, and I was like, Cantu to win, but not by at least 11. Like, there was a point where we were talking about it, and I was like, well, if Cantu need to beat them by 11 here, and it doesn't look like they're going to hold the Cantu to any less than about 75. It's pretty tough. If you need to beat a team by double figures, you better keep them below 60. Generally. That game was wild, man. It was like 33-35 at halftime, and then both teams had over 50 in the second half. It's like completely completely nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that one. That was pro- that three-way tie was probably the highlight of the entire weekend, I think. Um, and just three evenly matched teams. And shouts to Landil, by the way, because that we Undenied about whether they were going to be truly ahead of the pack in this one, and they... we actually went back on forward about whether Cantu would beat them. <laughs> um, which Cantu were in a great spot to do until they decided to stop doing all the stuff that had got them close in the first place. Um, ah, yeah, some of them did. <laughs> Landil was um, Landil were plus sixty in their four games when they were just head and shoulders above the competition, um, quite literally in Matthias Gunder's case. Yeah, but, um, I called him to have twenty five against Kandu, and he had twenty four. So that's not good. <laughs> he was so, the top, so, so I was wrong. He was the top scorer for the entire weekend, you know. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Ninety nine points in four games, which is almost bang on an average of twenty five, which is funny. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So I have a bit of a thing in my head um, that Berdoon at times can maybe shoot the ball quite poorly in games that yeah. matter. Um, and I have no idea if it's like unfounded or not. And then I've just looked, and he was five from sixteen in their Blondell game. Like, I don't know if that's fair. Like, I think I remember a couple of like, oh, this is a big game, one from eleven, um, things. But I, probably confirmation think, bias when he has a good game. Then I don't notice. I think it's probably also because if you look at his career with like Argentina, most of the this is a big game he ever comes up into a like when they sneak to the final and play the USA and then the USA have eight guys who they can put on his foot plate and make his life yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's not that he doesn't do well, it's that the the big games he's overmatched in because their achievement is getting to a final. But yeah, he likes like I'm surprised. There's a I don't know. It was two from three from three in the game against Landil, and part of it was Landil defensively. But like, I remember a lot of games where you're like, oh, this is an important one for him. Like last year for Sassari, he was like, oh, this is an important game, and he just shoots eleven threes, and none of them are not well yeah. timed or thought out. But also, we're big Berdoon fans here, so that's a bit it's a bit critical for a guy that we both really like. Absolutely. Um, do you have another award, or do you want me to pluck another one off my list? Um, just while we're still talking about the Cantu Santa Stefano, um, Landil, uh, Grand Canaria group, uh, the I can't believe you left Mo out of there. Oh, yeah, the Mo group. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the Mad Max Fury Road, not my blood award goes to Santa Stefano for actually scraping it through that group. Um, I told you, man. I told you they that played... was unbelievable. Um, they played they... each other three straight weeks, and I said this is going to favor. San Stefano because they're going to get they have nothing to lose the more times they play them because they're expected to lose anyway and they're going to figure them out and figure them out and that is what happened and also if it had gone the other way I just would have never brought it up again So yeah I'd actually be that's the great thing about throwing stuff like this out no one knows <laughs> when you're wrong I would quite like to go back and watch that game to figure out what in God's name happened and 
but yeah um that's i think the last award i have you've got a good handful more but i kind of I've came got, out to get pretty strong don't i've got a good few um so feel free to jump in on any of these if you have alternate nominations or takes to my take okay uh, so local rivalry goes global award i did consider san stefano Cantu, but we've covered that anyway uh, so this is going to go to Sheffield Steelers versus Manchester Revolution. And this is based, based off the fact this was both teams' first game. And this it, I'll qualify this by saying this is an unfair group for this to happen, right? Because this group of five was essentially two groups in and of itself, right? It was what order will Fenerbahce and Hanover finish in for the top two spots? And then it was which of these three teams between Sheffield, Manchester and Pilates will get the one spot remaining that's up for grabs. That yeah. is effectively how this worked. Um, and Sheffield and Manchester played each other in their respective opening game of the weekend. And First time they played each other all season, which yeah. is really funny. Not having played each other domestically by February yeah. and then <laughs> playing each other in a Euro Cup one is great. Um, and basically... By the time the dust settled and Sheffield won this one, Manchester's weekend was pretty much over unless they were planning on hoping for something miraculous to come out of the three-way tie where they would have had to beat Pilatus by many and have Pilatus beat Sheffield. Or they were going to have to score an upset over Hanover and or Fenerbahce to secure themselves a spot. And that wasn't happening. Um, and yeah, I just... This go- I told you about this, but this goes back to some bitterness I have from when my Steelers days when we had two French teams um, in our qualifying group and one of them laid down and rolled over against an opponent to ensure that the other French team would have the chance to go through to the final. And at that time, Kev asked us if we would have done the same thing for another English team and um, helped them out to qualify. And there is nothing I love more than getting to the European stage just to put your rival in place when you could have played each other because you're only 30-odd miles down the road. Yeah, yeah, it's just so funny. Like, I didn't know Hanover was was on Snake Pass was kind of my <laughs> thought about this. Like, just Northern English bragging rights in Europe is ridiculous. <laughs> like, going that far to make that happen is so funny to me. So good. Um, well, not like, I, I'm saying that as if they chose to. Like... Both of those teams would choose to just play each other like somewhere between Manchester and Sheffield for the sake of finances, but bizarre. So um, yeah, it was great. Man. It was, um, and I I thought it was just me who was hyped about it. And then within minutes of it finishing, I got a text from Ben Fox, who I can't repeat the content of the message because you would have to edit it out, but it it echoed my sentiments in um re- in regard to which side of the rivalry he fell on. So yeah, stuff yeah. them basically with what he <laughs> yeah um very funny but yeah just because it's like a old story wheelchair basketball rivalry in the north of England and we've both been on one side of it it's just so funny that like it happened in Europe like I don't know why um but um right on to my next one the they should really be in the next tier award and sticking with the same group, that goes to Fenerbahce because, my God, even with Hanover in the picture, were Fenerbahce head and shoulders above the competition in that group? I couldn't believe they were so much better than Hanover. Well, I can't believe they beat Hanover by so many. Yeah, they... More what I mean. Um. Yeah, they, 
they're just really, really stacked. And I mean, the bizarre thing is they're this much better than the competition when you consider that over the why are Galatasaray so strong all of a sudden this year compared to previously? Is because four guys from Fenerbahce swapped to there over the summer, right? It was Sayari, Abedi, Ferry, and Ismail um, all headed from Fenerbahce to Gala. I wonder how far apart those two gyms in Istanbul are. Like, I wonder how much of it. Do you get like? Do you have to move apartment? Is what I'm wondering. I suspect so because I I know for a fact Fenerbahce is on the side of Istanbul that is considered Asia. Um, oh, okay. And Galatasaray is on the side that's considered Europe. So that's across a river. Like, yeah. um, also, also insane thing. I dug this reminded me of, and I dug up. Do you know in the Turkish Super League in the able-bodied game, there are seven club teams in Istanbul at the highest level of their able-bodied league. That's mental. I didn't okay. know that, but like I've done that with wheelchair basketball teams where I've like googled, like I've, I've like Google mapped a team, like and it's been like, oh, that is a borough. Of yeah. like that is a that is a town in Istanbul. Like yeah. that is a borough of wow. that is an area of this part of that city. Um so yeah, that was Fenerbahce obviously replaced a couple of guys. They brought two uh they have an Iranian three and an Iranian four that they brought in, and then obviously Toprak and Efatuk, who I mean you can see how they made the gap up, but I would have called them to be closer to Hanover than they were and yeah, man, they, they're going to get to the top level next year by the looks of things, and my God, do they look fierce. Good, good luck to anybody who takes that on in future. Yeah, um, I'm excited for some EuroLeague 1 stuff. Yeah. Not excited um, that it might be us, but excited <laughs> for it. Okay, um, next one. Did these guys watch any video award? And that would normally go to the team that doesn't appear prepared for specific stylistic matchups. Uh, one of my favorite ones being when you guys hosted Jillian over last year and Asia came off the pick top door and like rolled into the middle and they just helped up from the baseline time and time again. And you're like, Hey, have you seen this guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, While we simultaneously just got it right by just being like, Hey, we're just not helping off the middle no yeah. matter what, like shit, like Barbie by has 36 in it. In an Italian cup game the week before, just all from the free throw line. And we were like, hey, you're four on four. Like, do whatever you want. Exactly that. Um, and this award goes to Hiaz, who took this to a new extreme because they basically just play the way they play anyway, which you can't really argue. <laughs> I mean, they should. They... Like, if you've got a yeah, yeah. Um what you're doing. And they only play five guys, so they're kind of locked into what they've got anyway. But they took this to a new extreme because... This was one of the most badass sequences on all sides of the entire um, the entire weekend. But when it became obvious, they played Wiesbaden in like the placement game to finish top of the group or second. And knowing they were going to have to play them again in the... Um, sorry, I should have said in the pool game. They played them in the pool game to finish first or second in the group, knowing they were going to have to play them again in the seeding games because it was only a four-team experience on that one. Yeah. Um, so the first game, they started the game and basically looked like they were going to punt it, put Nico Joancer on the bench and basically threw down the challenge to Wiesbaden saying, hey, you're not going to get a read on us. We're probably not going to get a read on you either is how that works out. But, but they essentially backed themselves to figure Wiesbaden out across 40 minutes. 
if you rendered the first game irrelevant, right? Um, until it was still kind of close at halftime, so they decided the ultimate alpha move was to just put Nico in and win the game regardless and come out <laughs> come out the winners, even though they had very obviously not tried very hard, um, which they did. They won by two. Um, and then... And then they played them in the game to finish first and second and just got completely and utterly stumped. And it was very obvious they, playing in France, they just haven't played a team that has three shooting threats. And that some of the defense they were playing where they were like helping from the weak side on the pick and roll, but like sending their big there and then leaving their one pointer to defend Nico Drymuller catching and shooting or Juice catching and shooting behind the screen from Jim. And it's like, if you're going to help from weak side, you have to leave your big there because that's the only person who has a chance of defending two. Yeah, like, um, have you, or like, if you're if you're comfortable enough, like sending your one out early and like having your big come across from the weak side, but just being planted under the basket to stop both rolls. Like, if like, like Nico's big enough, but yeah, it was but, act it was, like you've seen video before. Yeah, um, they looked like they hadn't watched Wiesbaden at all, and that was particularly troubling given that they had 40 minutes to watch them earlier that day. Yeah, you don't so. need video. You don't need it to be technological. Like, you, you have eyes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that one. I thought that was super strange. But shouts to Wiesbaden, man, because the confluence of events that morning, I mean, you sent me that video of Nico hitting that javelin three-point shot to end the third quarter. And I said to you then, knowing I was, if I was Wiesbaden, knowing I had to finish that game and to play them again later that day, I would have just forfeited both after yeah. that shot. And, and Wiesbaden came out and beat them by 25 to go to Europe at one finals. So, yeah, that, that was uh, Wiesbaden. The, 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 the give them nothing award, the show them nothing award to Wiesbaden in that first game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you think you're punting this game? Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, ha. Okay, quick one. The In honour of Kev Hayes, Old guy still got it award, and that goes to Piotr Lazinski. Yeah, don't, don't no, think no, no questions. The only only other candidate I had, and he's not old, was Simone Dimaggi, who has had a very reduced role at Cantu for a long time. And then when they needed to win that game against Gran Canaria, he was like, "Hey, I can score sixteen straight points, no trouble." Um, I couldn't quite work in a man that guy can shoot award, which is one of our other tropes. But Dimaggi may have claimed that one if that had um, had made the list. Yeah, they might. He might have claimed that one if his team didn't come fourth. That one, I guess, <laughs> like didn't make okay, quite enough shots. Another quick one here. Uh, these two both relate to the same group slash game, so we can use this to dive in a little bit. But the man they got that guy two award for the deepest team who play somebody who would probably start or play extremely heavy minutes on another team. And that goes to Galatasaray with um, Gunaydin, who is buried behind an avalanche of bigs. And then he comes into the game when Galatasaray are in foul trouble against you guys. And I think he only had five points in that game, but one of them was an and one where he made the free throw. And one of them was like a, last ditch left the trail guy open he just pulled up and buried a 18 foot top of the key shot and yeah he would be he would be playing he would probably earn an all-star spot if he played on most of these teams we've talked about this weekend yeah Um, and he plays eight minutes a game for Galatasaray and 
they've <laughs> they're just so stacked with it. So. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but Ayaka was doing post game interviews with a lot of the players after the games, and she interviewed Pat after our game against Galatasaray, and he, she was like, "How was the game?" And I think the first thing he said was like, "It was long," uh, which was funny, but he also was like, "I mean, you look at those teams like." Bilbao probably have like two full fives that we could roll out, but Galatasaray had three. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was what it came to. Like we were, they had a coach binned and Ismail R managed to run them through it. And they had just enough guys to figure out who would stick. And that's half the reason they came through with us. Um, but yeah, no, no one will ever know because that game is not, available did i give out the just put the games on youtube award um because that goes to them and also uh the also the austrian group um we're gonna we'll tie those together because we've got the finally found the right lineup award and that goes to bilbao um on the back of in the game in question i mean you guys you guys used the um the lineup you'd not used in your league game the week prior, um, right where you used your two midpoint bigs, and then no, we we played that against. But okay, well, you'd not played it for the majority of that game. You'd kind of worked on the idea you were going to play David Maurice a lot more, but um, yeah, yeah, you went with Manu and Cheeky out there together, and then Pat and one of Asia and Papi, and having to choose between those two feels like you're missing out on something, but it's really a very first world problem when you consider the fact you're choosing between which of those guys to roll out there is because Pat Anderson is in the other spot. You're like, okay, we can make this work. Yeah, um, yeah. The good good problems. Yeah. And then Mariano was out there seemingly every minute of every game, and she played 50 minutes in the double overtime game. Against Unbelievable. Him. Like we uh, were at one point, we were like, oh God, like. It's a lot of minutes for some people. And then yeah. <laughs> just everyone kind of figured out how to rotate. Like we even got Pat off the floor for stretches of time, maybe too great a stretch of time in the Galatasaray game. But like, um, yeah, Mariana just having to tough out, tough it out as a, as a one, like that's like fair play. Yeah. Well-deserved um, all-star. That lineup really worked for you guys. Um, the fact that Galatasaray were able to stick with it and steal that game, despite both Sayari and Enes Balut fouling out, who combined for 63 points? Yeah, what like did, did Enes Balut uh, have, like, 30-something, didn't he? Yeah, he had, he had, 36. He had 36, and Sayari had 27, I think. And Sayari, Sayari had 27 in 26 minutes and fouled out in 26 minutes, which is wild. Um, and yeah, yeah. And I didn't even realise, like, they have so many bigs and so many sort of opportunities to rotate that I honestly didn't realize that some guys were bidden. I thought they were just rotating because they do. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because um, I don't speak Turkish and I wasn't following the stats. Also, I heard my name get mentioned on live Turkish TV at one point and I was like, this is... That's weird. This is insane. I'm on a I'm a speck of dust on a rock floating through space and my name just got said in Turkish live <laughs> TV. What is going on? I was, so, having a, I was having a crisis at the time, to be fair. <laughs> um, okay, the the Not These Guys Award, for the team that isn't really a threat, but is insistent on giving everybody a tough game, and that goes to the overachieving Cologne 99ers, who I would have bet anything on them finishing last in this group out of the yeah, four teams. Especially 
not having a full squad there. Yes. Uh, missing Robin Poggenvish and Asil Shabo uh, for reasons I'm not entirely clear on. But yeah, they went there with a very skeleton crew. Um, and it's been the story that has persisted for them as the German league season has worn on. And that is seemingly the more minutes they give Thomas Raya and make the lineups work around him the better things seem to be going. Um, sure. And that apparently withstood the test of both Robin and Chabo not being there. But they kept the games between both you guys and Galatasaray. They were within, I think, 15 or 16, um, the final results were, which is no small feat for a team like that. And they beat Lacané, who, I don't know what in the hell Lacané had going on, but they looked weak. Um yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised when we kind of ran through them early doors. I was like, oh, great. Ideal. This is ideal. I thought we were going to have some trouble. Yeah. And um, yeah, Cologne were never really in the market to upset either of you or Galatasaray, but they, they landed a win on Lacane. Uh They've got to Europe at one and they, I thought, gave a real good account of themselves in the group they were in. Um, and they probably would have finished second behind Alunion had they been in Group C, which is insane. But yes, yeah, yes. shout out to Cologne. Uh, I got two more, which are slightly more trivial than the ones we've been through so far. So, all right, let's let's go. I, I believe in you. Okay, Knock them out. finish strong. The tampering award for the team and player who have unknown to everyone just yet struck a deal over who's going to play where next season. And you can't tell me that this doesn't happen at basically every Eurocup round. I may have got the specifics wrong, but something will have been nod, nod, winked, winked for... This is completely insane of you. Like, I don't know if you're going to just slander someone right now. Like, I don't know if we're going to get in trouble for what you're about to say. No, I will. I'll preface this by saying I am doing no reporting here. This is entirely, completely baseless speculation, but I believe it. And I am calling Basti Kolb of Gran Canaria going to make his way to Landil next year. Um, I can't see it. I, I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't yeah. see it. You think he's gone from Vigo to Gran Canaria. That guy needs the sea. <laughs> that guy <laughs> needs the coast. Um, yeah, they're at the same group. He's obviously German um, and been obviously. for a couple of years. And yeah, I just... Landil are going to have a little bit of a shake-up, I think. Um, don't know. Like Mendel, this is as good as they've looked in a handful of years. What are you talking well, about? It is, but <laughs> I don't know if their situation with Mendel is meant to be a long-term thing because he was, you know, he was happy to go home for a bit and play over in France, just kind of semi, you know, for the crack, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if he's going to stick with Landil for Lauren. Ditto for Rio, who might be looking at international retirement and therefore might be headed back to, you know, living and playing in Japan rather than Germany. Do you think um, signing a 2-5 would, would replace their fours? Is that yeah, what you're going for? No, I'm giving you a real hard time about this. I don't know they're going to gonna have to make some signings somewhere. And they, they only went to this round with nine guys, right? So don't tell me that they... Even if their team stays exactly the same, don't tell me they couldn't use a bolster. Here They're just going to have a monopoly of Lammerings eventually. They've already <laughs> got one in the door. Okay, um, I'll finish on my last one. And this is workshop the name of this for a long time when I was discussing it with the person it's in honor of, uh, which the award has my name in it, but it's not in honor of me. Um, so this is 
<laughs> this, this is so is stupid. The Mark Schofield Award for the All-Star Selection, whose teammate is later going to express scepticism as to how he ever got that. Shout out to Ben Fox. Um, and yeah, this... <laughs> I thought you meant Matt Burden. No, okay, <laughs> Um yeah, this was this is a joke me and Ben had because we got those all-star selections going back however many years and like a day or so down the line he was like, sorry man, but I don't know how you got that. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> That's yeah. So funny. Fair enough. I didn't disagree. Um and this one goes to Martin Edwards of Manchester Revolution because Yeah, 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 you relax. That's my No name. team that goes to a five team group and comes away with four losses and minus 92 scoring difference gets any all-stars it's not you're generally a fan of top team gets two second third and fourth gets one each right i'm slightly more lenient in these groups because like the three-way ties and stuff can make that a little murky um so i don't stick to it as much in these i think in like long tournaments that like 12 or 16 teams and then you have to give the awards out i generally stick to that or if it's like the finals where it's eight teams that's fine these i'm a little bit more flexible on but i firmly believe you can't have an all-star if you win no games um and it's ah. no disrespect to martin because my my runner-up for this award was andre Macek, who might be my individual favorite player of all time but like can i Sorry, man. You don't get an all-star if you win no games. And yeah, I we have nothing but love and respect for Martin Edwards, but there yeah, is no say, rule. Come on, Marty's the man. No Marty. There is no there is no rule. This is not slander. This is this is all-star voting slander, I guess, is what you're going for here. There is no rule I can bend to allow myself to overlook it. I'm sorry. It just it's not happening. Um and yeah. I right, am, is, is there anyone else in other groups we can extend that to while we're here just so we're not picking on one of my friends <laughs> um i say titans, we i haven't said a word <laughs> it's tough because even titans won a game and they got beth wheeler got it but titans did steal a game off his man um what else did we get uh hamburg didn't win a game there i didn't watch that group so i can't really comment but yeah again the rule shouldn't be broken and then yeah, Machek as well. So yeah, there were some there were some of these carried out. And yeah, I just think you can't go to a group of five teams, lose all your games, and be like, our guy deserves to be in the All-Stars. I'm sorry. What if you have 20 a game and it's not your fault? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. But I think if you But also lost... there's probably another four that won games and had 20 a game. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. If the if there are five teams and five all-star spots, I find it really difficult to believe that the team that couldn't beat any of the others has a player who is more worthy <laughs> than, than those teams do. Um, it's just just the way I feel about these things. You're, you're anti-Oldham and anti-London slander. It's yeah, just... that, that too, that, that didn't hurt. Um... <laughs> it's, it is blatant. Um, <laughs> all right, do we, do we have a belt winner for the whole weekend? I think that's too difficult. I don't think we can do it. I have one. Uh if only because he hasn't really cropped up in any of these. Um, there is obviously a million and one people this could go to, so I'm willing to be disagreed with on this. I personally, were up to me, I would like to give the belt to Jorge Salazar of Gran Canaria because I think he may have had the single toughest job of this whole weekend um, in terms of what he's done for that team, both offensively and defensively. And he made the all-star team for that group. And yeah, I think 
Gran Canaria should have gone to the quarterfinals, really, and are just going to miss out. And I thought Salazar was awesome, both wrestling with the bigger guys from Landil and in a relatively small group outside of Landil, I thought he really asserted himself as a dominant inside force against the slightly smaller teams in Cantu and San Stefano. Um, and yeah, I thought he was probably, if not their best, then at least their most important player. And yeah, I thought he was he was awesome. Uh, and that is who I would like to give the belt to, unless you are going to swoop in with anybody else. Uh, no, I my whole point was I didn't have any suggestions because there are Far too many, um, far too many um games going on. So yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Do you have a final take to guide us out, or are you you all taked out? Uh, Marty averaged twenty one and a half, nine and three. Um, <laughs> just my, my 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 that page didn't load. I was trying to find that about five minutes ago when it came up. Um, do I have a a take? Uh, stop messing with cameras, put the games on YouTube and yeah, release the tape. Um, do, you have, do you think your future role when you're done playing is going to be like production overseer of the IWBF? Because every time, the only thing you ever get even slightly spicy about like, I'll say that stuff about Martin making the All-Star team and you'll sit here and cringe on camera. And then as soon as it gets to be that you blast the faceless guys who run the cameras and get the get the actual video out there or not you get to shake loose it's so <laughs> funny because i'm like well they're not my mate and they don't exist well i probably probably know who who's running this stuff and they probably are people i like um like i know some of the people that are involved in iwbf media stuff and they're all great so it's not even it's i have i have i've just i don't know i think there should be certain standards that i'm able to hold the international federation of our sport too when it comes to sort of making the game available for people to enjoy. Um you, I don't think you were that's... all you were all for my um my all-star take when um I was trying to get you the the spot over Najib from Gran Canaria that time. You were on my side then. Well no, I... that's just because I also objectively thought I I that was as close to getting one as I would have ever gotten. Um, it turns out it was that was as good a basketball player as I'll ever be so yeah you've had one before though haven't you in fact I think you might have been a um, you might have been a past winner of the the Mark Schofield did I really deserve that award yeah I got one of those for Steelers in like a EuroLeague 2 back in the day and I remember it because one of the Israeli teams they had a player coach who also got one of the awards and when I was like, you know, when you like go up and get it and you shake hands and you kind of sit there while the other ones are announced, he was like, yeah, like I remember watching this, like watching your other games. And I was like, yeah, this guy can't shoot. And then you shot and then you shot well against us. And I was like, Haha, okay, thanks. Like whatever. <laughs> but I was like, he was very, like, yeah, very... I said you can't shoot. And I was like, hey, you were right. Good plan. Like just unlucky, <laughs> I guess. A very, very dressed up way of being like, hey, I told my team that guy's not very good. And it turns out he is. No, but it wasn't even like, hey, I, yeah, you you overachieved. All right, cool. I shot well for one game and the pool was that small that they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. But yeah, all right, we've got on for too long, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. for listening. I hope the I audio, this isn't weird because I'm recording from the floor. Yeah, hope everyone's enjoyed that. That was the first ever edition of Courtside Cliches. 
and courtside court, court cliches colon the take olympics <laughs> um, i really i hope we get to do this again actually this has been fun um although it'll be, it will be a challenge if we have to do this for the next round to think of fresh takes each time and not just run these ones back uh, but, actually it'd be really fun the next time this round to like challenge our takes like come to the end yeah. of the season and be like hey we were so wrong about all of this i'm so sorry cool future content planned out Wow, that's as much foresight as we've ever had all right um cool uh thanks for listening um league's back this weekend hell yeah it's cool. gonna be way less hectic than trying to watch all those games in one go honestly man it was exhausting um i don't know what you're obviously you were meant to be playing but did you get through to like the end of saturday and be like oh thank god i don't have to have twelve thousand tabs open at any given point um, I actually watched a game that I missed back on Sunday morning and Anna was like, oh my God, is there more basketball? I, I thought there wasn't. I was like, no, 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 this isn't live. Don't worry. I'm just deeply unwell. <laughs> yeah. Right. On that note, we'll get out of it. Peace All right, cool. Deeply unwell. You heard it here first. It's probably <laughs> not the first time anyone who knows me has heard that. All right. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Bye.